Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encouraged you and uplifts you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. Word of the year, and like we said, it's heaven now, and um, coming off a message series like that, it, it can be such a declaration of what we need to do this year, but sometimes you're left in the, in the what next. The, hey, what now? Now that I, I got all fired up, because that's what happens at church sometimes. We get all fired up, and then it's like, okay, now what? <laughs> you know, like, what, what, what do we do now, okay? Um, but uh, that's what Ready, Set, Go is going to be. It's going to be kind of the setup of what do we do right now. Now that we got this declaration, what do we do? We're going to be ready, we're going to get set, and we're going to get go and do what God is calling us to do in this year. So we're going to go and talk about... Um, uh, a character in the Bible, David, and um, we, we've heard about David all. If you've been in church for multiple times, I mean, some of you guys are itching because you, 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 you see the flannel board in your mind of Sunday school and David and, and Goliath and, and all these things. And, and we're going to be talking about that in, in just a little bit. But ready, set, go. So this, this saying, ready, set, go, is usually um, kind of in an athletic way or in a race where it, it's the start of a progression to a finish line. So um, ready, set, go. It's a progression in your life. And I, I really want to speak on this topic because we want to talk about what's next. Because even though we have this declaration, it's hard for us to reach this finish line in our progression in our life. It's because the, the start of something is usually the hardest. The start of, we, we all have these plans ambitions, goals, callings on our lives, but sometimes we don't even reach a little part of that because we're so stuck in the start. Because the start is hard. The start is where, where you have to do some things to actually get to point A to point B. The start is hard. Why is the start of something hard? Because the start strips us of our bad habits that we live with on a daily basis. That's why resolutions and, and, and eating rights and all these things are hard because it's not, it's not the actual thing, it's actually changing you. And, and you have to change the bad habits to now become, to, to add new habits in your life so a resolution not only becomes something you talk about, but something you actually live in. And, and it all starts with, uh, it, it's the beginning of something. The re that's why resolutions are so hard. And it, this is about the week that all resolutions are kind of like gone. <laughs> you know, you're like, okay, fresh start, fresh new 2023 is my year, okay? Uh, but because it's so hard to start something, especially in the daily hustle and bustle of life. See, before an athlete, gets into a game or, or, or runs a race, he has to go through this thing called the ready stage, ready stage. The ready stage is the preparation stage. The preparation stage is saying, hey, I'm gonna eliminate the bad habits that you have so you can have better habits so you are better effective in the game. I remember growing up, you know, getting into the game is the cool thing, is the fun thing, okay? But then there was like three or four weeks in the beginning of the season, and they called it conditioning. 
Nobody wakes up and says, hey, I love conditioning. Like, all you sports people, you know, because it's like you, you, a lot of the people do not even make it to the team because they can't even make one hour of conditioning. Conditioning is the worst part of the process, but before you get into the game, you have to be conditioned for what the game presents itself. See, it, it, in conditioning, they, they tell us to run, to make some more, to do more drills, run, drills, run, drills, run, drills, to the point of even quitting. And you're asking why? Because they have to strip your bad habits out so you can bring bad, good habits in so you are successful in the game because there's going to come a fourth quarter. And there's going to come a third quarter. There's going to come where you are tired and they need you to make that shot. There's going to come a time when you're, you're so exhausted and they need you to throw that touchdown. And, and that's where the true athletes are, are you know, A-plus athletes or C-plus is in their conditioning. But sometimes in life, we don't like the preparation time is because it's not the sexy time. It's not like the cool thing to do. Because who likes reading their Bible every week? Who likes taking the time? I, I you know, it, it's, it's sometimes more appealing to get on that Xbox and play and, and play my life away on 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 my um, PGA. I, I I got a new game, and I, I am a superstar on the golf PGA tour. You're welcome. But the world, anybody that tells you that the world doesn't have appealing things are lying to you. That's why it's so hard to deny your flesh. But just because it's appealing doesn't mean it's right. Just because it's appealing doesn't mean it's beneficial for your life. So us conditioning our life, getting into his word, fasting, praying, is the condition for the, the, the battle that it is to come. Sometimes we can't fight. We know the story about David and Goliath. Before we get to Goliath, we have to be ready for it. And David had to be ready for the fight that he didn't even know he was going to enter into. And it started in a pasture with dumb sheep. With dumb sheep. David was an important dumb but important to this progression, this ready, set, go progression, because David was a man after God's own heart, and he made some good choices, but he also made some horrible choices in his life. And let's see how David goes through this progression as he was ready for what his life was going to be. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 10 through 13. This is going to be on the screen here. But just to give a little bit of context of what we're going to talk about, See, so he says in verse 10, it says, Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. He asked Jesse, are these all of your sons? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel says, send him to me. We have not, we have not to sit him down until he arrives. So he sent to him and had him um, brought in. He was, he was glowing with health and had fine appearance and handsome features. And then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. 
So Samuel took a horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers, which is awkward. And, and from that day on the uh, spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David and Samuel went to Riah. So this is where David was anointed king as a young shepherd boy. And the, the Samuel came, God told Samuel, hey, I left my hand off of Saul. I want you to go find the next king. It's going to be in the house of Jesse. So Samuel goes into the, to their house, sees all the brothers. All the brothers are tall, handsome, you know, all, all of it. And, and he, God said, no, 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 no. So who else is left? He said, David's left. David comes in. Man, that's the one. So he's anointed king at this moment. Not all, oh, you got to understand this. David was dealing with the sheep, but while he was dealing with the sheep, he wrote most of the book of Psalms in the pastures with the sheep. Some of the most beautiful worship songs that we probably sing today. He wrote it. He, he was there writing. He was playing his harp. He was also attending to the sheep, but also playing and worshiping God because David knew this. There was no time wasted. There was no time wasted. I needed not to only do what I'm called to do, but I'm also called to worship as well. See, that's the thing. Let's, let's look at the, the second half. So now the, David is anointed king. And in the, in the next chapter in this whole story, we see this that we don't really talk about a lot. We kind of skip this over and go straight to like David and Goliath, you know. So let's talk about this real fast. Because the whole concept was now David is anointed king. Imagine this, being anointed king, but there's still somebody in your throne. You're anointed king. You're, you're the one, but then there's somebody still in your seat. So being David, I'm like, okay, I'm coming off this now beautiful anointed service that I didn't expect, and now I'm anointed king, and guess where he goes after? He doesn't go straight to the palace. Guess where he goes? Back to the sheep. Goes back to the sheep and does exactly what he was called to do in that season. So let's go to Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 14 and 23, which is the next chapter. And it says this. Now the spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. Saul's uh, attendants said to him, see an evil spirit from the Lord is tormenting you. Let our let our Lord command his servants here to search for someone who can play a lyre, which is a, a harp? He will play when the evil spirit from God comes on you, and he will feel better. So Saul said to the attendants, find someone who plays well and bring him to me. Verse 18 is interesting. It says, one of the servants answered, I have seen a son of, of Bethlehem, uh, a son of Jesse of Bethlehem, who how... Who knows how to play the lyre? He is brave man, a warrior. He speaks well and looks and, and a fine looking man. And he's and the Lord is with him. And Saul sent a message to him. He said, sent to Jesse, sent this. Send me your son, David, whom is with the sheep. Let me stop right there. Imagine this. Imagine being David's brothers. This is awkward. Because it's like, you're not good enough. The little brother got it. 
And then that story's over, and then they're just going back to the normal day. And then there's a summon from the king of the time and say, guess what? Hey, um, we still want David. I, there's brothers like, this is the, you've been, you ever been jealous before? Like, what? This is David. Like, stinky David. Little boy David. Not only did this random Saul guy, um, Samuel guy just anointed him king, like, this is my little brother. I, like, step on him sometimes. And now he's being summoned to the palace to play harp for the king? This is crazy. So it said this. So Jesse took the donkey, loaded him uh, with bread and skins of wine and the youngest goat, and sent them to his son, uh, sent David his son to Saul. David came to Saul and entered his service. Saul looked, liked him very much, and David came, became one of his armor bearers. Then Saul sent word to Jesse, saying, Allow David to remain in my service, for I'm pleased with him. So we see that David, every time Saul was dealing with this tormented spirit, David would play the harp, and he would feel better. So here's the thing. When you think no one is looking, they are. What was a hobby and worship is now a thing to got him in front of the king. When you think no one's looking, when you think you're at the movies by yourself, when you think you're at that, that, at that place by yourself and you think no one's looking, guess what? They are. Because David did not do an announcement saying, hey, I know how to play harp. He, he, did, not, he did not, like, put a, an advertisement and say, hey, uh, musicians need it. Like, if you, it, like, hey, this, this is my calling. You got a tormented spirit? Hey, I can play harp. There's no ad on Facebook. He was just doing what God told him to do. He was just hanging out with smelly sheep playing his harp. And then out of nowhere, there was a situation that came about that the king needed a little help. And guess who they found? Ready. David. See, Here's the thing. We need to understand that when you are faithful in your ready and preparation season, people take notice. People take notice in those things. Here, here's some things that they see. David was in his ready season. He was ready for what else, what God had for him, whatever it is. But here is what they found David doing in his ready season. Number one, they found David being responsible. They found David being responsible. Because here's the thing you don't know in the story, too, that I can tell you that one day there was a bear that came to come after the sheep. And David, like, killed the bear. And one day there was a lion. And guess what David did? Killed him. So David did this. He said, listen, I know these are dumb sheep, but this is my responsibility to take care of them. 
It's my responsibility. It's no one else's. It's my responsibility. I don't care how little it is. I don't care how smelly they are. If God put me here, it's my responsibility. We live in a culture where people are like, hey, you go and do it, and then I follow you. No, 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 no. We are living in culture, not living above culture. It's too much for you today because we live in a culture that says, hey, just follow me. Do what, and you're, you're like, okay, and you're like, why am I here? It's because you're not living for, you're not living responsible. You don't have to do what everybody else does because the reality is when you are a follower of Jesus Christ, we don't follow the rules of the culture. We follow the rules of the kingdom. We follow the rules of the kingdom. It doesn't matter if they don't like you. It doesn't matter if, if it is not a, a popular opinion. Guess what? We don't live of this world. We live in his kingdom. So it's my responsibility. Whatever position I'm in in this season, it's my responsibility. We live in a culture where it's like, oh, I follow, 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 and we become a lazy and dependent culture and the reality is no you belong to jesus christ you belong you were bought with a price we don't live on defense we live on offense we listen we don't live in the culture we take responsibility and say hey in this culture i'm gonna show that god still heals he still saves he's still alive he's still full of grace he's still full of love and guess what if there is a heaven and there is a hell. And we are destined for one. We don't sugarcoat, sugarcoat this stuff. We live in a culture where it's too like, oh, the patty cake, you know, it's all about love. Yeah, there's love, but there's also responsibility. That there's love, but there's also like there's a heaven, there's a hell. If you are not following Christ and he's not in you, you will go to hell. I'm sorry, we're not those one those churches, okay? Because the word of God is clear. The word of God is clear. But here's the good news. We need to make the good news the good news again. Because the good news is there is, there is a Jesus that died on the cross for you. That he can redeem you from your sins. This is what the culture needs. The culture doesn't need another thing that is going to, to, to rise up people's emotions. No, the, the, our culture needs somebody to say, I'm going to take responsibility for my culture. I'm going to take responsibility for my environment. I'm not going to let other voices dictate what I'm living. No, I'm going to take responsibility. I'm going to stand on his word. I'm going to show his love. I'm going to tell people the truth. And I'm going to be who God's called me to be in this season. I take responsibility. We live with so many people. It's like, oh, they did this to me. That's why I, oh my gosh, how annoying is that? Oh, they hurt me. Who cares? Like, I get it. But like, are you going to stay there or are you going to grow? Like, it's getting too late, guys. <laughs> like, this world is crazy. Like, like, I didn't want my kids to go to school sometimes. Like, we need Jesus. We don't need religion. We need Jesus. 
He's the only one that saves. He's the only one that gives and takes away. He's the only one that's full of grace, full of mercy. If you want something that's going to change your life, get Jesus. Get Jesus. Because in this progression of ready, in responsibility, he is the one that's going to change you from the inside out. It's my responsibility. And what responsibility does, it's attractive to people and saying, and when, when they say that you're taking responsibility and being the change, not just talking the change. We have too many of you talking the change. How about be the change? And be the change, then people are like, what is wrong with this person? If when, when somebody looks and says, hey, what's wrong with you? You're like, hey, hey, hey I'm crazy. Because I know where I was. I know what I was stuck in. And by the grace of God, I'm free in him. Luke chapter 16, verse 10. One who's faithful is very little and also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest is very little and also dishonest in much. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto man. This is where David was. He said, I'm not doing this for attention. I'm doing this for the one. I'm doing this for the one. And they found David responsible in the role, and there was favor found on him and put him in the spot of entering into his destiny. Number two, they found David that he was showing up. He showed up. Day in, day out, tending to sheep. Now, I don't know about you. I hate sheep. I remember one day we, we went to a petting, a petting farm thing. What are those things go? Never again. Elijah was like two years old. And we were like, it's innocent. You're like, oh, cute goat. You know, like, ooh. And the dog like pooping all over the place. So we're Elijah's being all nice, you know, and like gentle. And this goat bites Elijah in the face. Like, like bites him. And like, enough. We're not getting no farm, all right? We ain't no chip and Joanna are here, all right? But goats and sheep are 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 smelly. Obviously, they bite. And they're just not, back in those days, if you were a shepherd boy, it was not an appealing occupation. It was not an appealing occupation. You were outside all the time, dealing with these dumb sheep, trying to get them good, trying to fight things. It was not the best thing. But David showed up. David showed up for the dumb sheep. Check this out. Consistency leads to opportunity. Write that down because you need that in your life. Consistency leads to opportunity. It's so true in life. Not, you see, nobody wanted to come every day to these sheeps, but David did it with a willing heart. The question I have for you today, what sheeps is God telling you to tend to and be consistent in? You. I'm not pointing. I'm just going this. What dumb sheep on a daily basis God puts you in that he wants you to be consistent in? 
are you, are you cursing your sheep? Are you talking behind your sheep's back? Are you hiding things from your sheep? Because God tells us to be consistent, which leads to opportunity. But the reality is, are we really tending to the sheep? See, he was consistent even when he was, it was hard. It was consistent even when he was, I mean, hard. Was, a lion and a bear came. <laughs> like, if I see a bear, number one, where does a lion come from? I thought we're, like, in the middle of, like, a desert or something like that. Like, in the lion and the bear, it's hard. He was tired. He probably missed out on a lot of what he needed to do as growing up in, in, his, in his teenage years. Let me, let me, teenagers and, and young adults, let me, let me help you real fast. Let me stop you with the lie of saying, hey, I'm missing out. You're not missing out. You're not missing out going to that club. You're not missing out going to that thing. You're not missing out in that relation. No, no, no. Maybe you're being saved from. Stop living in this FOMO life. It's only gonna, it's only an endless cycle. It's an endless cycle. When you get Jesus in the middle, it doesn't matter about you missing out. I just don't want to miss out on him and what he's doing in my life. Things come, things go. Money comes, money goes. But if you don't have him, that, that's just a side point. Listen to this. Think about this. David almost missed his own knighting ceremony. <laughs> like he was so consistent with the sheep. He was so into what God has called him to do. He almost missed his own party. Like in the house, they're like celebrating who's going to be the next king. And in my mind, because it is not in the Bible, so don't quote me and don't put this on YouTube, okay? All right. Uh, I, I see Jesse has streamers. Or, you know, already there's, there's music going. The, the disco lights going and everything. They're having a party. Samuel's here. One of you are about to be king. And guess what? They're just going. And David's over there with the, with the, with the sheep. David didn't even know the party was for him. See, he was so in tuned and consistent with something that nobody wanted to be a part of, but he was so hard, his heart was so in it that it didn't matter about everything else. How can that be our, how can, I wish my relationship with God was like that. That, that I'm so in tune that I, that I, I don't tune into anything else. That's just me. And him, it was like that for David, man. He, he was writing and worshiping and working. And dude, he showed up. David had a mindset. If God, if you were, if the sheep was the only thing you gave me in my life, it's enough. Have you been there before? Are you there? God, if you don't give me that house, it's enough. God, if the healing doesn't come, you're still enough. God, God if, I don't, if I don't hit the, the, the six figures or whatever, you're still enough. Do we have a mindset like that? It's consistency of our relationship with him. God always rewards when you show up. 
In 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 24, it says, Only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with your heart, for consider what great things he has done for you. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 20 says, A faithful man will abound with blessings. The question I have is, where do you need to show up this week? Do you need to show up in your marriage? Do you need to show up in that job? Do you need to show up in your parenting, show up in your schooling, show up for a friend? How about show up in your devotions? Where do you need to show up? Because when you show up, it gives God the opportunity to show out. Because it wasn't only but God that got David where he needed to go. So when you show up, it's an opportunity for God to show out and show his power and, 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 and authority in your life. Last thing. They found David that he was responsible. They found David that he showed up. And number three, they found David being an overachiever. An overachiever. Don't you hate overachievers, man? Like, like don't you, like, stop, come on. Like, sometimes I just want to do enough. Just enough. But they found him overachieving. How do you know? Because the, the reality is, is, yes, they found him responsible. Yes, they found him trustworthy in showing up. But what was the tool that got David into the palace to see Saul? What was the tool? Remember? The heart. Bring that thing over here. I got a harp. Thank you, Amazon. This is a liar. Not a liar, you know, like, don't be a liar. But this is what David played in the pastures with the sheep. Who be part of that worship team? Right? This is what got him in to the palace. It wasn't the way he really spoke or what he, it was, it was this. Because if you read the story, if we, we read it again, it, it, Saul was dealing with this issue and all he wanted was somebody to play a harp. How, how crazy, I, I wish my life was like, hey, I'm dealing with issue, where's my harp? I wish that was that easy. Oh, I'm dealing with a demonic spirit. Harp. I want, I want this harp to go to a bank account. Yeah. Blessings. A harp. That's what got him. In my, if I was a part of the story, I'll be like, David jumped through hoops and, and killed multiple lions and multiple bears. And he went, he actually flew through the, a spider bit him. And he, now he has powers and he's in the, no, a harp, a harp. What was David supposed to be doing in the field? Watching the sheep. But David took every moment to not just be good enough, but to be great. He, he, he said, I'm not only going to be good enough, I'm going to be great. I'm not only going to watch the sheep, 
but I'm also going to worship the king. I'm not only going to do what I'm supposed to do, I'm going to do greater things and worship the king. And it said that David was, that, that, imagine this. My brain works crazy ways. Because, I mean, this is how it happened. It said that one of the assistants of Saul said, hey, I saw this kid named David in the pasture with sheep playing the harp. He seems good. And this is how my mind plays with it. This man is coming, just walking one day, seeing this young guy in the pasture. Great is your faithfulness. Going ham on the harp. I mean, it wasn't a, a sexy thing here. They, he was literally going down and saw David playing the harp. And that experience got him notice. And he said, I didn't, David didn't care who was looking. David did, wasn't wanting an audience. He wasn't expecting. He wasn't like this when people are in worship and you're looking for somebody who's on the Instagram. Too much. He wasn't wanting an audience for people to notice him. He just wanted to be noticed by the one. So if I only have a harp, God, I'm going to worship you with these dumb sheep. I'm going to worship you with what I have. I'm going to worship you with a God. I, this is for you. And what became a hobby and a, and a worship is now the thing that's going to place him in front of his destiny. In front of his destiny. He worshiped a little extra. And it got him in front of the place that he once will reign. See, it's, think about this. David, you just had this cool experience of being anointed king. You go back to the sheep. Now, before the oil even is even drip, the oil's not even dry on his face. He's getting summoned to do what he loves in worship. What? A hobby got him in front of the king. Then it just brought me to this verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 and 28 says, For consider your calling, brothers, not many of, of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were so noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. But God chose the weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are. You think that thing that you're feeling is dumb and weird. What if that can be the thing that can get you in front of the king? Oh, it's just a little talent that I have. I just dabble a little. What if the king wants that? What, what if the king wants what you have? It was just a hobby. It was just, it was just, but, but, but that, that's, that's what he wants. 
are you willing to do and be who God's called you to be for that season? He said Saul instantly found favor in David because life is crazy and sometimes you have to jump on the opportunity and the people and circumstances and, and, and it gets you closer to where you need to go. And, and, and he got him in the room. So here's the thing. David got to the palace, but when David got to the palace, it wasn't for him to be king. He wasn't king yet, but guess what? He got in the room. See, sometimes you just got to get in the room. You just got to get in the room. There's an opportunity that there, you just got to get in the room. You just got to get around the right people. You just, got to, you just got to get into his word. See, they found him responsible. They found him that he should. He was overachieving. What he overachieved, small choices now leads to territories later. See, his small choice of just being faithful and just playing got him into the king's territory, which one day was supposed to be his territory. And all he got to do is be, hey, if I was faithful with the sheep, maybe I got to be faithful playing a little harp now. But I know what God has called me to be, and I'm supposed to be king one day. So what I got to do is just not try to manufacture it myself. I got to stay faithful in the season I'm in, and I'm going to be who God's called me to be now. If that's playing a harp right now, if that's washing the stuff, the toilet right now, if that's singing on the worship team now, if that's on the greeting team now, if that's on the if that's helping with the kids ministry now whatever I gotta do now I'm gonna be faithful in it because I'm doing it unto the king unto the king it's starting new habits good habits that are gonna outlast the bad habits in your life here's the question and I'm done are you ready for your purpose? David had to get ready. He didn't have to get ready. He just had to get ready and be ready. Because we're going to talk about next week. There's a, there's a giant coming. There's a giant coming. And I'm here to tell you sometime, hey, there's a giant coming. Probably in your life. Are you prepared for it? You don't know when it's going to come. You don't know when that sickness is going to come. You don't know when that, 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 that job, they're going to lay you off. It, it, it might happen. It might, you don't know when you're going to get sick. It, it, but guess what? You're prepared. My faith is strong. I'm strong in him. The preparation matters in your life. Thank you again for joining us here at Axios. Hey, to hear more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. If you want more information about Axios, go to axioschurch.com. There you can get more information, give, and connect. Remember, we love you, and we're in this together.